You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is our colleague, uh, Dr. Kyle Walker, and Dr. Walker is a member of the faculty of the School of Preaching, uh, one of our professors in the field. Uh, He's uh, also our uh, vice president for student services at Southwestern Seminary, and he, he has duties there. We try to steal as much of his time as we can for the School of Preaching, though. He has a Ph.D. Uh, in preaching and systematic theology from Southwestern. Actually, I learned something the other day, Dr. Walker, is uh, I think you are the only or one of uh, the only Ph.D. candidates that our dean, uh, Dr. Allen, has given the, an excellent for the dissertation. There, there's a pass, there's a high pass, and an excellent. And so uh, we had a really good dissertation the other day, and we, were, we, were, we knew it was a high pass, and we wondered, eh, should it be an excellent? And he said, well, I've only given one or two of those, oh, and wow. he, he named you. So. <laughs> well, that's a high compliment. I, I, I might be aware of one other one, our own Dr. Daniel Dickert. I believe he might have gotten Oh, okay. At least maybe on his oral comprehensive exam. I'm not sure. Of course, he's in the pastorate now, but he... He uh, he might have surpassed my performance. All right, know, I'd give him credit. Well, too, we're so. we're Dr. Walker. We're delighted to have you on uh, Preaching Source today, and I want to lead off by mentioning that we are very excited about your book that has just been released by Seminary Hill Press. Uh, the title of it is "Let the Text Talk," and I haven't had a chance. I have it. I just got it. I haven't read it yet. But I'm already excited about just the title, Let the Text Talk. You could take that imperative right there and and uh, crochet it uh, and frame it and put it on the wall of every preacher. Uh, the subtitle is Preaching That Treats the Text on Its Own Terms. And this work is actually an update and a revision of uh, Jeff Ray's expository preaching book. And uh, you were not only a, uh, you know, you've been a student of of Dr. Ray's work and wrote your dissertation in that field. So let me start with this question. Uh, Who was Jeff Ray and what did his original work uh, argue for? What contribution did he make to the field of preaching? Absolutely. Well, it's great to be with you today and great to have the opportunity uh, to have this discussion. I thank the Lord that he has allowed the completion of this book, a uh, long project in the making, of course, a culmination of my studies here uh, under men like you and others here in our school of preaching that I learned text-driven preaching from. My dissertation studies allowed me to dive deeper in the history of preaching, exposition in particular, and then, of course, text-driven preaching and its development here. Uh, I, I did do my studies on Jeff Ray. Jeff Ray was a Texas Baptist pastor, preacher, and professor. Uh, born in 1860 uh, to the southeast of San Antonio. And uh, he, he was saved uh, about age 18 or 19 under a Methodist revival uh, preacher, actually. But Ray was called to preach and um, got his training and was actually personally mentored by B.H. Carroll. So he studied at Waco University, as it was called, uh, from 1880 to 1882, and was personally mentored by B.H. Carroll in his home, where Carroll had what you might call an embryonic seminary uh, in the the back room. And Ray actually lived with Carroll for a period of time. 
so one of his primary mentors. But Ray pastored uh, a number of churches, mainly in Texas, uh, rural churches primarily, uh, pastored a few out of the state. But it was Ray that Carroll turned to when he had the dream of starting this seminary to train preachers on the Texas prairie. He turned to Ray to train those preachers. So Ray showed up to the seminary in 1908, was the first preaching professor here, and, and taught men to preach until 1944. He taught for 37 years. He taught about 5,000 men over the course of his tenure. He taught men like T.A. Patterson and Jesse Northcutt. Uh, he taught men like Charles Kohler. Um, in fact, Jesse Northcutt, there's a letter in the archive that says that Jesse Northcutt learned everything about expository preaching from Jeff Ray. And of course, Northcutt taught here for even longer than Ray did and taught approximately 10,000 men to preach, who they say Northcutt taught more men to preach than any other man in Christendom, which is quite a claim. So what I'm, what I'm saying is Jeff Ray was incredibly influential in the trajectory of Southern Baptist preaching and the training of preachers, especially at Southwestern, and the trajectory of text urban preaching. But uh, his original work that he wrote was toward the end of his tenure. He wrote it in 1940. It called it expository preaching. Ray wrote it for what he called the common man. He knew lots of men could make it to seminary to receive official training, but he also was from the country. He pastored rural churches. In fact, many churches he was a part-time pastor of and would rotate through. Ray wrote this for the preacher who did not have the opportunity to do seminary education. He wanted to get expository preaching to the man to know how to do it that didn't have the chance to sit in his classroom. So it argues that exposition seems to be the original idea in preaching. One of the most exclusive or, or unique things about this book is it exclusively advocates for exposition. In a day where Ray would say exposition was as rare as the once multitudinous buffalo on the Texas prairie. That's how he put it so colorfully. So he advocated for exposition in this work. Um, I, you know, I can give you kind of some little some little nuggets here and there. He defined exposition in this book as that which accurately interprets, intelligently amplifies, and effectively applies a passage of Scripture. That's not far off from what we call text and preaching uh, today. So uh, he, he says this, I'm fully convinced that expository preaching is the ideal method, he says. So he, uh, against, uh, to- over against topical preaching uh, or other forms of preaching, he, he said things like this. He says, a strong viral church will never gather around a weak pulpit. Uh, he says that if God has called a man to preach, he can if he will really try. So he believed in the instruction of men and training for them to preach. And, and finally, I'll, I'll say this. He said, a quote I'll never forget. It's always rings in my, in my mind and heart. He says, the act of preaching is not only the most sacred, but the most important task ever assigned to man. That's quite a claim. Jeff Ray was a champion of preaching, and not just preaching, but exposition. Wow. Uh, What are some of the significant ways that your new book uh, expands uh, uh, on on the work of Jeff Ray? So my work is not the traditional revision or rewrite um, that you might typically see. Obviously, we got a different title in play. Uh, and for the most part, I have completely rewritten uh, the book. So uh, it's less of a rewrite than it is a taking of what uh, Jeff Ray set as a trajectory and codifying that in today's terms that we use of text of preaching in the same vein 
that Ray meant it, not only for the classroom, but also for the person who might not be in the classroom. Uh, what I do, the most common denominator between my book and, and his is that we are exclusively advocating for exposition. Uh, of course, I'm using the term texture in preaching in mind, but what I mean by that is exposition done well. So using that term as we do here, uh, the basic outline of Ray's book is followed. I even retain some of his chapter titles word for word and try to follow their order. Uh, some of them I do leave out, some chapters, and I insert with others that I think would be more appropriate in uh, what we're teaching uh, now and how our training has uh, grown, what I believe even closer and more tighter definition of exposition. One thing, though, that I do retain word for word is his chapter on the public reading of Scripture as a method of exposition. Ray championed the importance of publicly reading the Scripture well. And so I retain that chapter. I write a little uh, intro and conclusion to it, but I retain that word for word so they can hear Ray in his own words. Something that's a little different is part two of my work includes a history of exposition, a history of texture and preaching more specifically. And, and really it, it explains uh, Jeff Ray in his context and the trajectory he set. And then furthermore, something a little unique is that um, I talk about the structure of preaching and how preachers with this text-driven model, it seems to be one of the hardest things to get their mind and in, 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 uh, heart around is how do we really understand the structure of the text and implement that in the structure of our preaching. And that's, uh, that's one thing I've tried to do. And of course, there's a work that our dean exposed us to on the semantic structure of written communication. And I, I, I simplify and summarize that, and you find that in an appendix that I hope is helpful for preachers, uh, whether they've had seminary education or not, and how to really glean the structure of the text for, for their sermons. Well, the book is just out, Let the Text Talk. And in fact, at our, our recent uh, expository preaching workshop, we that, that was the first public exposure of it there. And I, I picked up my copy, and uh, I opened up the table of contents, and I was so excited uh, that I thought, oh, man, I'm in the middle of grading sermons and stuff right now. I said, but this, I just looked at the table of contents, and I said, uh, this is going on the top of my reading stack. And uh, it, it, it's certainly something that uh, I, I, some of us, I think, are probably going to be using this as a textbook uh, here very soon. Uh, so, I mean, I, I was excited by looking at uh, what you've brought over from Jeff Ray's work, uh, all of those good things that need to be preserved, and adding uh, some of the best of what is on the cutting edge of the field of text-driven preaching. I'm excited about this, and and I'm trying to get a handle of why I'm so excited. I, I think it's because I sense a great need uh, for this right now. And talk about that, right? I mean, why would a work like this helping the average pastor with with deep text-driven preaching? Why is there such a? Why do I sense a great need, and other pastors sense such a great need for that right now? Well, that excites me that you do sense the need for it, and that you were um, that you were excited when you saw the, the the text and the content. I I do believe that we're in a day where expository preaching is growing. Um, Healthy seminaries like Southwestern and many others that are standing on the Word of God as the infallible and inerrant Word of God, the authority of Scripture, that are making biblical authority their starting point uh, for training. 
carries incredible and, and very clear implications, especially for preaching uh, and ministry in general. So what's happening is you've had a generation that have been under some solid instruction, um, you know, as our seminaries have uh, been emphasizing the, the authority of the Word of God and um, our, especially our Southern Baptist seminaries are in a healthy spot. Guys are coming out realizing this, this, this means something for the way I handle the text in the pulpit. And so I think we've seen, to some degree, a resurgence of exposition in, uh, in our day. Now, it's not the degree that I would like it to be. Uh, I still think if you were to visit 10 out of 12 um, Southern Baptist churches, I'm not sure that you would hear um, expository preaching uh, in, in 10 out of 12 of them uh, necessarily or consistently, but there is an increase in it. And, and despite the fact that guys are being trained in it, there is still out there the tendency for guys to get in the pulpit and since the pressure from churches that aren't used to exposition, even though they're trained to do exposition, these preachers um, often sense a strong pull away from it, from churches that maybe are looking for something else or demanding something else. So uh, to, to, to some degree, Ray is still right, that exposition is still rare even today. Even though I would say it's on the increase, it's still, it's still more rare than I wish it was. And text-driven preaching, as we talk about it, is a fairly new term. I mean, this is not something that's been around. Expository preaching has been around for a while, that term, but not text-driven preaching. So um, one of the needs is, of course, in the general um, context and circumstances of preaching that we have today, in the need for guys to have resources to help them, to encourage them, to show them the basic how-to of how to do it. Because one of the reasons guys don't do exposition is because it's hard work. Jeff Ray is very honest about that. Exposition is hard. Where if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna get into the text each week, really see what it has to say, and surrender what you want to say to what God has said, and do so with absolute confidence, you're saying what the text says. You're gonna have worked hard. You're gonna have put in the hours. Um, that's a lot of guys shy away from that. So what this attempts to do is to give guys a very clear nuts and bolts how to that is a step-by-step process of how to go about the text-driven approach that, that tries to treat all the major genres. So I'm breaking it down into letter, into story, and poem. So those are kind of the three categories that Dr. Stephen Smith gave us so clearly in his book on the genres of preaching, um, so on representing uh, the text. So that advanced work that he produced, and he also had produced uh, a theology of text-driven preaching with dying to preach. And then we have Dr. Allen... Uh, and Dr. Aikens and uh, Dr. Matthews, the book they edited called Text of Preaching, but it's more of a broad, short, concise synopsis on different topics of Text of Preaching instead of a whole work dedicated to a how-to that I've tried to do here that would be appropriate for an introductory class to Text of Preaching, would be appropriate for a guy seeking, hey, how do I go back to the basics on this? I'm, I've preached for years, but how do I go back to the basics of doing this, this Text of Preaching, or how do I polish my efforts in exposition. And so I've tried to put it on, on terms that uh, anyone can take and pick up and implement uh, and would be an encouragement to them to do so. In a time and place, we need it just as much as ever. Mm. Uh, so it, uh, Jeff Ray, it, it, is Jeff Ray the originator of the idea that a sermon needs to explain the text, illustrate the text, and apply the text? No, I wouldn't say that. I think that those functional elements of preaching. So when you talk about the functional elements, typically we're thinking of explanation, illustration, argumentation, and application. I think those were popularized most by Broadus. Okay. So it's kind of like he, he wasn't 
stating anything new or creating content, but he was naming and articulating it in a way for us as preachers to understand how does, the, how does a sermon gain the flesh? We understand the bones of the sermon, the structure, but how do we put flesh on it? Well, we add those elements. So that's the way we amplify the content through those functional elements. So Broadus really clarified those things. And that's who's influencing Ray in a lot of way. That's John Broadus and B.H. Carroll who B.H. Carroll was an expositor in his own right. Okay. I've, I've always thought those were three simple ways for a preacher to keep his task in, in view. Uh, okay, I've, uh, this week I've, when I step up the pulpit, I need to explain the text, I need to illustrate the text, I need to apply the text. And, the, and you've, in your new book, you've picked up those three strains, but you've also added to that uh, the, the three things that we say define text-driven preaching. That is, it's a sermon that uh, is driven or by and exposes the structure of the text, the substance of the text, and the spirit of the text. Uh, I, I was excited to see these are probably the six most useful things that I know about preaching. Right. When, I, when I sit down to write a sermon, those are six uh, touchstones for me. Okay, am I am I getting the structure of the text, the substance of the text, the spirit of the text? Am I explaining? Am I illustrating? I'm applying, and I'm excited about how you brought those together. What talk about the chemistry of that? What happens when when a preacher is thinking about those six things? Well, I, I know that those things can be daunting in a way to think. Wow, am I really capturing the essence of? every aspect of the text. In other words, the way I put in the subtitle, um, preaching that treats the text on its own terms. So what I want a guy to realize is that the text comes with terms. So in other words, the Holy Spirit's inspired it through, uh, in human language. He has breathed out truth and put it in human language. That's an incredible thought to think about. So the Word of God has been inscripturated but it's, been, it's done so in, in a way that's captured it in literary form. So what we have in the Bible is literature. It's far more than human literature, but it is not less than that. So because it's that, it comes with the terms of literature, i.e. the genre, i.e. Uh, the content of what's being said and the structure of how it's been put together. And so if preachers don't understand the terms of the text, they're not positioned to harness the substance, the structure, and the spirit, and to explain, illustrate, and apply that in the context of a sermon. And, and furthermore, they can know about those things, but unless they're given a template, if you will, or maybe a step-by-step -step process for how to go about capturing those, understanding those, and making sure the sermon's developed by those, I wanted to give that step-by-step -step process. I wanted to give insight into those terms of the text. I wanted especially to zero in on how does a guy understand the structure of the text? To me, that can be the one that's, that, that's most uh, complex because we understand that literature carries content. It's saying something. It, it has a meaning to it, okay? But often we don't think about that meaning's influenced by the structure or how it's packaged, of course, influenced by genre. So I wanted to give the guy who just needs initial exposure to that understanding, but I also wanted to give the guy, and that's why I mentioned the appendix, what about the guy that really wants to go further and dive deep and to say, okay, how do I really understand the difference between surface structure, semantic structure? 
How do those two work in tandem? So you can get pretty detailed on that. I try to just give the basics and distillation in that appendix. Uh, of course, the spirit of the text, again, is pretty self-explanatory once you realize, look, a warning comes with a different spirit than an encouragement. Psalm 23 reads different than the minor prophet speaking boldly, uh, warning you know, um, the nation of Israel. So um, that's what I wanted to capture, capture in the text in a way that gave it in this volume to a preacher in a useful manner. Well, that, uh, that appendix, uh, you've entitled it an excursus on understanding the structure of the text, and you, you cite there uh, the work of uh, Beekman, Callow, and Kopesic. Th- these are, uh, you've drawn on the work of linguists uh, with the SIL associated with Wycliffe Bible Translators. So you've, you've given the average pastor a peek into the kind of semantic structure that Bible translators think about, which if it's useful to them in translating the Bible, it's help useful to us in expounding the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I was pleased, and obviously you can't uh, do a full introduction and appendix, but I thought it was a great place to get the average preacher thinking about, all right, not just grammar and not just diction, but wh- how is this language functioning in the text? What's it actually doing? That's right. You know, is, is it a question and an answer? Is it an argument with reasons? Is it a process with steps? Th- those can be useful things to note to figuring out how to structure a sermon. Absolutely, and that structure contributes to the meaning. So often we think of structure as just maybe diagramming sentences. Well, that works great for epistolary literature. Um, and, all, and most often, as the reader would, would see in the book, most often that grammatical structure works in the same way and is revealing the same thing that the semantic structure or the structure of the meaning of the text works. But what we need to realize and what, trans, uh, what tran- translators and linguists have realized is that that semantic structure is after the master structure. It can override grammatical structure. Most often they work in tandem, but we have to understand the semantic structure of the text in order to see how that influences meaning and to see what's really driving the packaging of that text. And that's what I'm trying to do in that appendix. Wow. Uh, Dr. Walker, are there other resources uh, out there? That I, I, I mean, I uh, wonder if Jeff Ray's original book, Expository Preaching, I suppose that that might still be in print or maybe used copies available. And, and are there other resources for somebody who's interested in Jeff Ray? Absolutely. Uh, I would, just as you mentioned, encourage someone to try to look and find Ray's 1940 publication of expository preaching. They'd be hard-pressed to find an original copy, but there are many reprints just like this one that I have in my hand available. If they get on online and search, they can find it and uh, find it fairly affordable. So I would encourage them to get his work. They'll see what I've done that carries over and, um, and carries in common with his and what's different. They also can read the biography written by Jeff Ray's wife called The Jeff Ray I Knew, A Pioneer Preacher in Texas. And that's available. Again, out of print, but it's available out there. Wonderful biography of Jeff Ray. If they want to know more about his thought um, and his contributions, he has an incredible pastoral ministry book called The Highest Office. And it's just a treasure. It's unknown. Jeff Ray, of course, is unknown. He's a man of obscurity in a way. In fact, he, when he took his post teaching preachers. He said, I hope I will not become the forgotten man in the matter of preaching. While his comrades were on the firing line getting their due applause as they preached. So he accepted his position, 
but he knew it would take him out of the front line. He would go to boot camp where he'd train what he called immature preachers as he graded sermons and got them ready, but he did so faithfully. But the highest office is an incredible work on the role and the meaning of the pastoral office. He wrote a, a biography of B.H. Carroll, entitled B.H. Carroll. He wrote other books uh, called Meant for Men, was one title, The Country Preacher, another one, The Scarlet Sin, Trouble. Uh, you can see he wrote seven, seven or eight works uh, that you can get a sense of his writing. Our library, actually, if one is in Fort Worth, has a chance to stop by A.W. Roberts' library. There's a small exhibition they've put together on Jeff Ray that would give you more insight into his life and ministry. And of course, if one really wants to go deep, they can look up my dissertation that I've written if they want to dive off into that. Uh, that probably is the most exhaustive, exhaustive resource uh, in recent years on, on Ray that would give one insight not only into Ray, but how his contributions to preaching have affected Baptist evangelicals uh, at large. Our guest on Preaching Source today has been Dr. Kyle Walker, and we've been talking about his new book just released by Seminary Hill Press, Let the Text Talk, Preaching That Treats the Text on Its Own Terms. I, I believe at the moment it is only available uh, through seminaryhillpress.com. I'm hoping soon it will be up on Amazon and and other places. Uh, but preachers, this needs to go on the top of your reading stack. It's on the top of mine. I cannot wait to my neck till my next break uh, when I can, you know, pull it off and begin to dig down into it and mark it up. Uh, let the text talk, Dr. Kyle Walker. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Dr. McCarty. It's been a pleasure.